very regularly in fact in this country this is a special favor of Allah Ta'ala there are many places in the world where perhaps this might not be witnessed year in and year out years will go by and they perhaps may not witness one khatam of the Quran Sharif whereas they are the progeny of great personalities of deen personalities meaning beyond what we can imagine in many South American countries they are progeny of Sahaba but whatever the situation is unfortunately things went far away and this became the situation now the barakat of the efforts that are taking place again in these countries Allah's fazal that this is coming alive but the lesson that we need to bear in mind is that the efforts that were made by our forefathers in this country those who came when they had just survival issues they weren't living in the lap of luxury that perhaps we may be living in but with those survival issues they didn't forget the priorities in life wherever they went they were concerned about establishing the masjid the madrasa bringing somebody all the way from India or wherever to make sure that the children are given taaleem and to take care of the dini needs of the community and whatever we are seeing the infrastructure that is existing today has been built on this foundation it was something that started off on this very humble manner but with great difficulty lot of sacrifices it wasn't as easy as things are nowadays but these sacrifices were made more than the sacrifices the important thing was that the priorities were in place and that was what brought about these sacrifices to be made they understood what is the priority nowadays unfortunately many a times the facilities are all there but the appreciation of it the yearning to take the benefit of it that is very often missing that is lacking whereas one time there was that situation where the elders many who are probably present today would also have seen and remember that they had to bring huffaz from far away places to perform the tarawih salah the common thing was known as Cape Town would be the place where huffaz had to be brought from to perform the tarawih salah and now in every community sometimes in one small little town there's 10 places 15 places tarawih is taking place besides the masjid in some houses in some garages wherever this is the fazl of allah tabaraka wa ta'ala nevertheless the quran sharif while this is something that we have to keep making an effort on encouraging our children to take on the hifz of the quran sharif to become ulama of the quran sharif at the same time we have to reflect upon what is the message of the Quran Sharif to us every time that the khatam of the Quran Sharif takes place we listen to the ayat of the Quran Sharif being recited the last three surahs of the Quran Sharif are recited then surah al-fatiha and then the opening verses of surah baqarah are recited so every time we are getting this message as well the thing is when we listen to it we should listen with the niyat of taking the message also 
Surah Al-Fatiha is the introduction to the entire Quran Sharif. Throughout the Quran Sharif, there are three themes that recur over and over again. The whole Quran Sharif is based around these three themes. All the incidents mentioned in the Quran Sharif also come back around these three themes. <coughs> one is Tawheed, at the oneness of Allah Ta'ala. That without this, there is nothing then. If the Tawheed of Allah Ta'ala is not in the heart of a person, then there is nothing further. Everything crumbles. There is nothing, nothing can stand. So in any case, this is one theme, the oneness of Allah Ta'ala. And then is Risalat, the messengership of the Anbiya Ali Musalat Wasalam, but obviously that this Quran was revealed upon Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, so his Risalat, that without following Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, a person can have any level of Tawheed, but without Risalat, he will be unable to gain salvation in Akhirat at all. This is something that is very clear from the Quran and Sunnah, there can be no salvation without accepting Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam as the last and final Nabi of Allah Ta'ala and following him. And then the third theme that recurs throughout the Quran Sharif is the theme of Ma'ad, the hereafter. Everything else revolves around these three things. And all these three things are in Surah Al-Fatiha. The oneness of Allah Ta'ala, Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. All praise is due to Allah Ta'ala alone. And then the Risalat, Ihdinas Sirat al-Mustaqeem, Sirat al-Ladeen an'amta alayhim. Allah guide us to the path of those whom you have favored. Who are these? People in the Quran Sharif, in other place Allah Ta'ala says, Minan Nabiyeen, was Siddiqeen, was Shuhada'i, was Salihin. So the top of it is Minan Nabiyeen. The Anbiya Alayhi Salatu Wasalam. And then Ma'ad, Maliki Yawmiddin. Hereafter, every rakat of every salah we are performing, we are reminding ourselves, there is a day of judgment coming. We are going to have to give an account of our deeds. We are going to have to then face the consequences of our actions. Oh, inshallah, a person lived his life correctly, receives the reward of it. But the fuzzle of Allah Ta'ala. So, Surah Al-Fatiha is the introduction. And then Surah Baqarah commences. And right at the beginning, Allah Ta'ala says, Alif, Lam, Meem. Now, this is the lessons and the messages we have to take. Alif, Lam, Meem. The Bufassireen will explain it. Allahu a'lamu bi muradihi bi Allah Ta'ala alone knows what it means. Now, this is the opening surah of the Quran Sharif after Surah Al-Fatiha. And it starts off on these letters. Which the Mufassirin explain, Allah alone knows what it means. So Allah Ta'ala knows, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi would have been informed, then this is a secret between Allah and Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But in the Hadith Sharif, where it comes to the virtue of Tilawat, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam uses these letters as an example. The person who recites one letter of the Quran Sharif gets ten rewards. And then further expanding it, Nabi Islam says, Alif Lam Meem is not one letter, each one is a separate letter. Now, Alif Lam Meem we don't know the meaning of. We cannot know the meaning of it now. And that is the example being presented for the virtue of Tilawat. 
Now we will, in this time and age, hear all kinds of things. And among the things that are being repeatedly trumpeted nowadays, Allah forbid, is that what is the benefit now of this repeatedly just parrot fashion reciting the Quran Sharif? What does a person get out of this? But the thing to ponder about is the example Nabi Wasallam used to explain the virtue of Tilawat is the example of such letters that are in the Quran Sharif, the meaning of which all the Mufassirin explain Allahu A'lamu bi muradihi bidalik. Allah Ta'ala knows best what it means. The message in that is that yes indeed to learn what the Quran Sharif tells us. To understand the message of the Quran Sharif through the ulama Ikram. That is extremely important. But tilawat itself, that is a separate requirement and a duty upon every Muslim. That he should be reciting the Quran Sharif daily. At the month of Ramadan, Alhamdulillah, we did what we could, Allah Ta'ala accept whatever tilawat was made. Generally the atmosphere of tilawat is alive in the masajid, in the homes. People are trying to compete with one another to decide more Quran Sharif, obviously with the right spirit. So Alhamdulillah that was alive. Now Ramadan has barely left us. Just a week now. The question is that in this one week have we kept up with tilawat of the Quran Sharif? If not, then why not? The Quran Sharif didn't come only for Ramadan. The Quran Sharif came for our life. For every day of our life. And tilawat is an extremely important aspect that should be in the life of every mu'min. If he understands what he is reciting, nurun ala nur. And if he doesn't understand what he is reciting, then too he will get that nur. And he will still gain the guidance from it. There were many akabir, Hazrat Shah Wasilullah is mentioned about him. That many people would come to him for their Islam, for their tarbiyat. And much of that Islam will happen via tilawat. Much of that Islam will happen via tilawat. So if this tilawat has been continuing after Ramadan, Alhamdulillah. And if not, then today is again opportunity Allah Ta'ala gave us. To rekindle this light. And make this resolution within ourselves that there will not be a day that passes without tilawat of the Quran Sharif. A mu'min's day should commence with tilawat. Many a time we start off the day with all kinds of other things. People listen to the news and read the news and whatever else, but we didn't make tilawat of the Quran Sharif. We have time for social media, we have time for all kinds of Allah forbid what not media, but we don't have time for Quran Sharif, that is a very sad situation. This is the first thing that we should be pondering about. Then, ذَلِكَ الْكِتَابُ لَا رَيْبَ Allah Ta'ala says that the Quran Sharif is a book wherein there is no doubt. It is 100% the word of Allah Ta'ala and it is guidance for the muttaqeen. The entire month of Ramadan we kept on listening to the lesson of taqwa and Year in and year out, we get the repetition of that lesson. This is the first line of Surah Baqarah. That this Quran Sharif is for the muttaqeen. Hidayat for the muttaqeen. Guidance will come to the muttaqeen. One explanation of this is, 
A person wants to become muttaqi, then follow the Quran Sharif. This is it. You want to gain this closeness to Allah Ta'ala. You want to build this bond with Allah Ta'ala. Because taqwa is this relationship being built with Allah Ta'ala. That this servant of Allah Ta'ala, he is not like an employee. That is a time up now, I'm going. He is not like somebody that keeps looking at the time, that my, my duty is over now. No, he doesn't do things just merely out of duty. He does it out of love. He doesn't perform his salah because he just has to get over it. He performs his salah out of love. He makes the out of the Quran Sharif out of love. That what better than to talk to Allah Ta'ala. So, this building of this relationship with Allah Ta'ala, if a person wants to build it, then he's being told, Hudallil Muttaqeen. Now follow this guidance of the Quran Sharif in the light of the explanation of Rasulullah Wasallam, and you will get to this point. And the other explanation of this is that to truly derive the benefit of the Quran Sharif, to be able to truly benefit from the Quran Sharif, to the extent that there will be taqwa in the heart, to that extent the person will benefit from the Quran Sharif. Otherwise, if a person comes to the Quran Sharif with a deviated heart and with a deviated intention, then that same Quran Sharif that somebody else is reading and getting guided with, Allah says, Yudillu bihi kathira. Many people get misguided by reading the Quran Sharif. Why? Because they are looking at it with with colored glasses. So now when a person wears red colored glasses, even the white looks red to him. He's already looking for things to distort. And this is something which we need to be very, very, very about, that where do we take our knowledge from? Nowadays there's an explosion of information. Anything and everything is available you don't know where it's coming from. People just take it from wherever it comes. There's some YouTube scholar somewhere. And things sound a bit exciting the way he's presenting it. So that is it. That's good enough. He's able to quote a lot. It's like buying a car because the hooter sounds nice. person wants to buy a car. He heard the sound of the hooter. So now because of the hooter sounding very nice, he said buy the car. But is this car, is, is it something worth even buying? So likewise, what is really coming? Ibn Sireen Rahmatullah his statement is very well known, that, إِنَّ هَذَا الْعِلْمَ دِينٌ فَانْظُرُوا عَمَّنْ تَأْخُذُونَ دِينَكُمْ That this ilm, this itself is deen. So be careful about where you take your deen from. Not just anyone and everyone that one should be taking he should know the credentials of the person. Where is he getting from? And who are he, who, his teachers? Were they reliable people? Otherwise, sometimes he goes little bit scratches beneath the surface. One person was referring to some website. And he started getting very excited about what he's reading there and enjoying it. And then he just, by chance, tumbled over something and realized that this was all coming from some Shias. So now the cover will be very glossy. As a person gets in deeper down, then by that time he's already in the trap. If he doesn't know better, he's already washed out. Allah forbid and save us. So this 
Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala is saying, Hudallil Muttaqeen, the person who wants to truly benefit from the Quran Sharif, to the extent he has acquired taqwa, to that extent he will benefit from it. And this is something that we need to now ponder about that this month of Ramadan came and went. Alhamdulillah, this lesson of taqwa we heard over and over again. How much of this taqwa was acquired by us? What is this taqwa all about? We have the knowledge, alhamdulillah, that namaz is five times compulsory upon us. Taqwa means now fulfilling that. We know the Quran Sharif has explained to us all the various laws of deen. Nabi Islam has given us the details. Much of it are things that we know very well. How much of it is in amal and practice, that is the question of taqwa. person knows lying is haram. Is he refraining from speaking any lie? He knows casting lustful glances is haram. Is he keeping his gaze low? He knows that all the other vices and evil, whether it's gambling, whether it's intoxicants, whether it is indulging in interest. We know we have the knowledge of all this. <coughs> but to what extent has this become part of our life? That is the question of taqwa. The month of Ramadan, unfortunately, sometimes we just take it as a month for the month. Whereas that month came to teach us a lesson for life. And that lesson was to live as the true servants of Allah Ta'ala. So this command of the Qur'an Sharif, or this lesson of the Qur'an Sharif, Hudallil Muttaqeen, this is what now we need to ponder over. To what extent this taqwa have we acquired? And are we living with it? Then Allah Ta'ala says, الَّذِينَ يُؤْمِنُونَ بِالْغَيْبِ وَيُقِيمُونَ الصَّلَاةِ وَمِمَّا رَزَقْنَاهُمْ يُنْفِقُونَ Allah Ta'ala gives the attributes of these muttaqeen. Who are these people? Now every khatam of the Qur'an Sharif, we listen to these ayat being recited, and we recite it ourselves on occasions. We listen to it in the salah being recited by the Imam Sahib. But the message of it, how often we take, that is something now for us to reflect upon. Allah Ta'ala says that these muttaqeen, first is yu'minuna bil ghaib. That they have, have iman in the unseen. One is ghaib, the unseen. And generally, our belief is more on the jayb. Jayb means pocket. Ghaib is unseen. So our faith is more on the pocket than the unseen. That provided that my pockets are full and the pockets nowadays can't carry much, so the bank balance is full and whatever else dunya I have amassed as much as I can, then everything will be fine. And if that is not in order, if I don't have enough of that, then the rest of it, by the way. But Allah is saying, you minuna bil ghayb. They have faith in the unseen, this Iman bil ghayb. The promises of Allah Ta'ala, they have greater faith in the promises of Allah Ta'ala than anything else. Because Allah Ta'ala, وَمَنْ أَصْدَقُ مِنَ اللَّهِ قِيلَ Who can be more truthful than Allah Ta'ala? So there isn't anyone more truthful than Allah Ta'ala. And Allah Ta'ala's promises are for those who accept the word of Allah Ta'ala, 
and practice upon that, then for them, dunya also Allah Ta'ala will make, and akhirat also Allah Ta'ala will bless them with. But this yu'minuna bil ghayb, just on this, that one is, in dunya generally, this is our concept, that every person is striving for kasrat. Kasrat means an abundance. He wants an excess. Whatever halal risk Allah Ta'ala has, this time for us, a person makes a moderate effort, it will come to him. But the aspiration is forevermore. <coughs> Whereas the aspiration should be for barakat. And then in that kasrat and abundance, if there is barakat, it will be nurun ala nur. And if it is little also, it will still be a means of great benefit and it will get a person's work done. If that quantity is small also, but there is barakat in it. And if it is without barakat, then the more it will be, the bigger problem will become. Now this yu'minuna bil ghayb, when a person has the yaqeen of the promises of Allah wa ta'ala, then he will aspire for barakat also. In fazal sadaqat there is this incident mentioned which is from the hadith, Kitab Busannaf Abdul Razak, about this one person became very old, very sick. So, now the four sons, so one son said to the other three, that look, our father has become very ill, very sick, he is now needing khidmat and help all the time, so let's make a deal. The deal, that I will take care of him, that will be my exclusive right now, and you keep the estate for yourself when he passes away. Or the other way around, that all you, three of you make his khidmat now, and when he passes away, I'll take the estate. It's up to you now, you decide. So they thought that this fellow, maybe, some few, something has happened now. Some, some, jinnat or something caught him. Does this make sense? They said, well, whatever it is now, he is talking this kind of story, we are more than happy. Go ahead, be our guest. You take care of him now, we don't have to do anything now also. And later on we get your share as well. Be our guest. Now they had Iman bil Jaib. They could only see the, the now. But he was looking at Iman bil Ghaib. That what are the promises Allah Ta'ala has given, Nabi Islam has given, for the person who serves his parents, for the person who does good to others. So in any case he carried on now, making the khidmat, taking care of his father, and life went on. And the others were having a grand time, they got nothing to worry about, no work to do, in terms of serving their parents, and enjoy life. Eventually the father passed away, so they, now the, according to the agreement, so they took the whole estate away and they left him out. So, to start off with all these days, years, whatever it might have been, he was not even paying much attention to his earnings, and now no share in the estate, so he was down and out. So, in any case, Times were very difficult for a while. One day he sees a dream. And in the dream, this is in the Hadith Sharif, Musannaf Abdul Razak. He sees in the dream that somebody is saying to him that in a certain place there are these hundred dinars, hundred gold coins. <coughs> Our understanding, hundred Kruger rands. You can only start doing the multiplication. So hundred dinars are in the certain place. The full description and the whole detail is given to him. This is for you. It's, you can go and take it. Now, in the dream, the first 
he's being told us, the question immediately he asked in the dream, is there barkat in it? So the reply is, no, there's no barkat in it. He says, there's no barkat in it, I don't want it. And he wakes up in the morning, it's a dream, but he wakes up in the morning, he remembers the dream and he narrates it to his wife. That look, this is a full description, I was given where the place is, where this money is kept. But I was told that there's no barkat in it. So I said, I don't want it. His wife says to him that what you're talking about, barkat, me dying of starvation here, you're worried about barkat. Go and bring it, we'll have something decent to eat at least. He says, no, if there's no barkat in it, I don't want it. This is generally our situation, we are very hasty to just grab whatever comes as it comes. There is no consideration of whether it is even halal or haram, sometimes that consideration is gone. Whether there will be any good in it or not. So in any case, she was wanting it now, but he said, look, if there's no barkat in it, I don't want it. Any case, the next night he sees a dream again. Again, the same thing is being told to him that look, there's ten dinars in this place. Same place, description, detail. It's for you, you can go and take it. Again, same question, is there barkat in it? He told, no, there's no barkat in it. There's no barkat in it, I don't want it. Again, the next morning, the same conversation with his wife. She says, you worried about barkat, we need something now. He says, there's no barkat, I don't want it, leave it. The third night he sees a dream again. This time he's told there's one dinar there. There was first hundred, then there was ten, now there's one. There's one dinar there, it's for you. There's the full description of the place, you can go have it. So his question again, is there barkat in it? He's told, yes, there's barkat in it. So he wakes up in the morning, remembers the dream. As per the description in the dream, he goes to the place and he finds this. So this was unseen provision from Allah Ta'ala. So he brings this one dinar and comes. As he is returning, somebody is selling fish. Two big fish he is selling. He asks the person, how much are these two fish for? They need something to eat, there is nothing to eat. So well, this person comes along to, buy the, to sell fish, he says, there is two fish for one dinar. So he buys those two fish for one dinar. Now he comes home with it. He comes home with it. So now he's brought something to eat now. So his wife now slits those fish to open to clean it out. And she slits it open in each, the belly of each fish. There is a unique pearl in it. Now already we need to start thinking that how many fish in the sea and not every fish has a pearl in its belly. One odd fish will sometimes maybe just somehow swallow one pearl in its belly. This particular fish and both these fish which swallowed one pearl each, this particular fisherman caught them and he came along in this person's path and just when this person had that one dinar to buy it, was all this just by chance? All this just happened coincidentally? No, the person who aspires for barakat and he is ready to make the sacrifices for barakat. Then Allah Ta'ala's unseen nizam and system comes into being to provide him the barakat. So in any case, now this pearl is found. This is something really unique that they find. At that time, Allah Ta'ala puts in the heart of the king that he wants to buy a pearl. Why of that time, out of the blue, suddenly at that time he decided he wants to buy one pearl? Why not before? Why not later? Who put that thought in his heart? This is Allah Ta'ala's system. So, his people came out to now look for something unique because he wants something unique now. 
So any case, something unique. So they come, finally, finding out this person comes to know they want to, king wants to buy a pearl, so he comes and presents as one pearl. They are astounded, we've never seen something like this. How much is this going to be? So after the negotiation, 30 mule loads of gold. So 30 mule loads of gold, they did the deal. Now he took this pearl, they took this pearl and went back to the king. The king sees it and he cannot believe his eyes what he's seeing. He cannot believe his eyes what he's seeing, but there's another thought comes in his heart. Where does this thought come from? He says, no, this pearl on its own doesn't look right. It's such a wonderful pearl, but there must be another one. There must be a pair. Why must there be a pair for it to be really uh, treasured and admired? But Allah Ta'ala put it in his heart because he had the money to spend for that. He said, go bring another one. Whatever it costs, if it costs double the amount, go bring another one. So they come along to ask this person again, do you have another one? He said, I have another one, but we are the price. What the price? Well, you see, even if it's double, we're ready. You ready to pay double? 60 mule loads of gold. So for that one dinar, which was barkat in it. Now sometimes it will happen in this dramatic fashion. It won't always happen in this dramatic fashion, where a person will see one Krugaran suddenly becoming 90 million or something. Otherwise everybody will go fishing just now. But it comes sometimes in a greater way. It will come sometimes in a greater way. What is a greater way? This, that too was barkat. That one dinar became 90 mule loads of gold. That too was barkat. But it will come in greater barkat. It might bring the barkat in the form of deen. Tawfiq of deen. What can be greater than that? 90 mule loads of gold is nothing. So the point in this is that a person who aspires yu'minuna bil ghayb, he's got iman in the unseen, he doesn't want to cross the line of Allah Ta'ala. He doesn't want to do anything that Allah Ta'ala is displeased with. His iman is in the promise of Allah Ta'ala. Hazrat Mufti Shafi Sahib Rahmatullah Hazrat Mufti Taqi Sahib Ta'an Barakatuhum explaining about his life, he says that I cannot remember the number of times, the number of times that my father was done down, so to say. People took his rights away, whatever else. And every time he just gave in without anything. I cannot remember the number of times. See, every time somebody would now do something and we would, or somebody else would say, but why are you just giving in like this? He says, well, I, just, I didn't just give in. I took something in return. What I took in return? See, in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Sallallahu has promised, a palace in Jannah. أَنَا زَعِيمٌ بِبَيْتٍ فِي رَبَضِ الْجَنَّةِ لِمَنْ تَرَكَ الْمِرَاءَ وَهُوَ مُحِسْتٌ And a person knows it is right, but for the sake of peace he gave it. He says, I took something in return, I didn't give in. I took something which the world can't pay me. Now this was Iman bil ghayb. Now this is that yu'minuna bil ghayb, Allah that is talking to us. Alladheena yu'minuna bil ghayb. That this Iman in the unseen has to be developed. تَعَلَّمْنَا الْإِيمَانِ ثُمَّ تَعَلَّمْنَا الْقُرْآنِ Abu Darda radiallahu ta'ala anhu perhaps this is his statement or one of the other sahaba he says we learned Iman and then we learned the Quran Sharif what does this mean? that this Yaqeen in the Quran Sharif was already in our hearts as a result of which this Quran Sharif then just came into our Amal so this يُؤْمِنُونَ بِالْغَيْبِ and then Allah Ta'ala says regarding these muttaqeen, وَيُقِيمُونَ الصَّلَاةِ They establish salah. 
Mashallah, the month of Ramadan, we tried to make sure that we performed all our five times Salah with Jama'ah. The thing to ask ourselves again is, that is the masjid now missing us? Is the masjid wondering now, where's my friend, all these days, 30 days, he was, Mashallah, frequenting me, is the masjid now missing us? Iqamat salah is not merely just getting done with it. Iqamat salah throughout the Quran Sharif, the command is Iqamat salah. And Iqamat salah is five times salah daily. With all its etiquettes, with its adab, obviously in the sunnah manner, in the way Nabi Sallallahu is taught. And fulfilling the right of that salah as best as we can. That is Iqamat salah. A person sometimes performs four salah and feels very good about himself. MashaAllah, I'm a namazi. Whereas a person performing four salah is not a namazi. Five times daily salah. And in the correct manner. And for males, it's wajib to perform it with jama'ah. And if the person can hear the azam, then in the masjid. Unless there's a valid shari reason. So, yuqimun as-salah wa mimma razaqnaahum yunfiqoon. Allah Ta'ala says, spend from that which we have given them. Spend Spend on what? Spend where they're going to earn the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. Spend on the needy, spend on those who are less endowed in themselves. They will spend upon themselves also according to what Allah Ta'ala is pleased with. They will spend in a way that will earn akhirat for them. So, مِمَّا رَزَقْنَاهُمْ يُنْفِقُونَ And then, وَالَّذِينَ يُؤْمِنُونَ بِمَا أُنزِلَ إِلَيْكَ وَمَا أُنزِلَ مِنْ قَبْلِكَ Latara says that they are the people who have Iman on this Quran Sharif that was revealed upon you. Now this Iman Bil Quran, this is the most fundamental right of the Quran Sharif. Unfortunately, the Quran Sharif too has become a toy in the hands of many people. That all kinds of distortions are being brought in under various fancy names and whatever else. Just recently, a few days ago, somebody sent an article about some masjid, called a masjid, some place which they call a masjid in Berlin, established by some woman. And what is her outlook? That part of her outlook is that everything in the Quran cannot be just be transferred in the 20th century. Certain things were for that time and era only. Now we will have to be selective about what comes through now. You can't just take anything and everything. Now this will be Islam just in name. Mu'min just in name. But in reality there is no Iman. So this Iman bil Quran, this is not something that is just only in Berlin. In one school where Muslim children are all there. And there's a Muslim called Muslim teacher, female teacher teaching the children. And one day she expresses her view, her so-called view. That Na'uzubillah, this law of inheritance, this, is, this doesn't sound right, Na'uzubillah. That a male will get double the share of the female in the case of, for example, sons and daughters. So the son will get double the share of the daughter. Na'uzubillah, that this doesn't sound right. I don't accept this Na'uzubillah in Zalik. Now the person calls herself a Muslim. She's teaching in what is called a Muslim school and she's teaching Muslim children and she's propagating this kufr belief. But now she's calling herself a Muslim. Does that 
just make a person Muslim because the person calls oneself a Muslim. Whereas Iman bil Quran is gone. One ayat of the Quran Sharif is rejected, the whole deen is rejected. But now, this is the effect of looking at anything and reading anything and taking things from wherever it comes, no concern about where it's coming from, what the credentials of the person are. Has he gained his knowledge from authentic people? Or is he somebody just self-taught? Or somebody who got it from some dubious sources? But because it sounds very nice the way he's giving it, the presentation is excellent. One person not long ago came to the country and everybody was flocking. But the person, Nauzubillah, was mocking even Sahaba Ikram. But because he has a very eloquent way of saying something, so that became the basis for it. Now, like the example we gave earlier, the person hears the sound of the hooter, so he buys the car. Because the hooter sounds very nice. But whether that car is going to capsize with him in it, because it's so faulty, that he is not concerned to check. So in any case, يُؤْمِنُونَ بِالْغَيْبُ وَيُقِيمُونَ الصَّلَاةِ وَمِمَّا رَزَقْنَاهُمْ يُنْفِقُونَ And then this Iman Bil-Qur'an. Together with this Iman Bil-Qur'an, the Qur'an Sharif has many other rights. The rights on Amal Bil-Qur'an, that to practice upon the Qur'an Sharif, on all the laws of the Qur'an Sharif, whether it pertains to Ibadat, that too is the lesson of the Qur'an Sharif. Or whether it is the aspects pertaining to Mu'amalat, and our monetary dealings, our business, that too the Qur'an Sharif gives us guidance about. And whether it is our muasharat and social life, and how we live with our parents, how we live with our families, how we live in society, the Qur'an Sharif gives us guidance in that as well. Whether it pertains to our akhlaq, good character, even that the Qur'an Sharif gives us details. So, amal bil Qur'an is also the right of the Qur'an Sharif. And tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif we spoke about earlier. Understanding what the message of the Qur'an Sharif is from our ulama ikram. And then tabligul Qur'an, passing on the message of the Qur'an Sharif to others. These are among many other rights of the Qur'an Sharif. So this is something that we are to pay attention to, that to what extent we are fulfilling the rights of the Qur'an Sharif. Starting off with the easiest thing which we should be doing daily is tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif. And together with that, the amal, obviously iman, that is the most fundamental thing, and all the other aspects to bring in our life as well. And then Allah Ta'ala says, that وَبِلْ آخِرَتِهُمْ يُوْقِنُونَ They have iman on this Qur'an Sharif, they believe in what was revealed on the Anbiya previously as the books of Allah Ta'ala, but the following will be of the Qur'an Sharif alone now. And then وَبِلْ آخِرَتِهُمْ يُوْقِنُونَ They have this complete yaqeen and conviction on the hereafter. This is the theme of the Qur'an Sharif that runs right across ma'ad, hereafter. Right at the beginning until the end. We are repeatedly reminded that this life is very, very temporary. We are going to have to face the day of Qiyamah. We are going to have to account for our deeds. A person who has this ma'ad and hereafter in front of him, then inshallah he will not be able to do anything that Allah has forbidden. If he keeps this ma'ad in front of him all the time, he's conscious of akhirat, it'll be very hard for him to sin. He's an insan, he can slip somewhere, but to premeditate sin, to deliberately plan and plot how to bring somebody down, how to rob somebody and defraud someone, how to harm someone, or to get involved in all kinds of other sins, to plan and plot and premeditate, it will be a very, very distant thing from him. 
Insan is insan. Anybody can serve Allah, save us and protect us. But he will not be able to premeditate it. It will be a very distant thing from him. So, this is that lesson of Akhirat. Allah Ta'ala says, وَبِالْ آخِرَةِ هُمْ يُقِنُونَ أُولَٰئِكَ عَلَىٰ هُدَمِّ الرَّبِّهِمْ وَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْمُفْلِحُونَ Allah Ta'ala says, those who have all these qualities in them. They have this iman in the ghayb. They are fulfilling this requirement of iqamat salah They spend in the causes of deen and what Allah Ta'ala is pleased with. And together with that, this complete iman bil Qur'an. And then with that comes all the rights of the Qur'an Sharif. And this yaqeen in the akhirat, meaning that they live their lives in a way that this akhirat is in front of them. Then, ula'ika ala hudam min rabbihim. Those are the people who are on the guidance of Allah Ta'ala. And success everybody is looking for, Allah Ta'ala says, ula'ika humul muflihun. They alone are the ones who are successful. Nobody else. So the success Allah Ta'ala has confined it to this. So this is the message, every khatam of the Qur'an Sharif, we hear these ayat being recited. We recited ourselves, it's right at the beginning of the Qur'an Sharif. This is the message of these ayat that we should inshallah try and make an effort to bring into our lives, live by it, and pass this message on to others as well. Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala accept the efforts of all these students that have now completed the Qur'an Sharif that will be making khatam today, accept the efforts of the Asatizai Kiram, the parents, all those who have played any role in it. Allah Ta'ala make it a means of great khair and barakat and blessing for all. Allah Ta'ala keep them steadfast on this Qur'an Sharif and keep them progressing at every step as well. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alam.